Episode 74 of Strange Brow Radio. I am again your host, Tobe Johnson. And each and every week, every Monday, maybe Sunday night, we put out a new episode. And you are listening to 74. I guess it feels like a milestone for some reason. I remember having 75 cents in my pocket. Felt so much better than 74 cents. You can play three video games. <laughs> you can play three... Three games of Double Dragon for 75 cents. Now, there's a deep pull, Double Dragon. Arcade, vintage arcade games rock. Well, I really went off the deep end here with uh, this diatribe, haven't I? Haven't even told you about our sponsors. We'll tell you more about them in a second. But first of all, our guest today is Suzanne Ferencheck of The Back 80. Let me tell you about her in just a moment. Okay, no more vintage arcade talk. Suzanne Ferencheck, star of the documentary The Back 80, streaming on Amazon Prime, tells the story of... Well, an extended experiencer, someone that lives with the phenomena. That's what an extended experiencer of Sasquatch is. And she's no different. Although, until this interview, Suzanne has really never gone on the record about all the other things that have happened at her property. And sometimes they just need a moment to ruminate and coalesce as being related. So Suzanne and I go down that road, and I'm happy we did. So, without further ado, my guest today, Suzanne Ferencheck in Ohio. All right, I am here with Suzanne Ferencheck. Hello, Suzanne. Hello, Tobe. How are you? <laughs> Good. So, uh, people should know that uh, you have a documentary that's out on Amazon, and it's called The Back 80, A Modern Day Bigfoot Encounter. And so I've called to talk to you a little bit about why that documentary was made, but also talk to you about your experiences beforehand, before the day you saw a roadside crossing. And if anybody listens to, you know, the show, then they know uh, how quickly things turn, you know, for the strange, especially with the things that we, we do talk about. But um We'll get there later, but tell everybody a little bit about you, Suzanne, and um, maybe take us back to your preconceived notions about Bigfoot in general and growing up in, uh, you know, in and around a place where they frequent. Well, I um, was uh, born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, so I wasn't anywhere near anything of the sort except for the fact that... um, you know, I'd always done a lot of camping, and uh, my husband and I, uh, Bernie, uh, we were married in 92, and uh, so we both kind of came from a camping background and, you know, went to a lot of music festivals and Grateful Dead, <laughs> saw a lot of shows, and, you know, but um, when we got together, uh, every time we could get out of the city, we'd go camping a lot, and then um, we were fortunate enough in 1999 to purchase a house uh, in rural Holmes County, Ohio, which is the northwest corner of Holmes County. If you look at it, it's kind of like a notch in the county. And um, it's known as the canoe capital of Ohio uh, because of the Mohican River running through. 
and uh, for years, you know, growing up as kids, you know, we all went down here for vacation and everybody in Ohio, you know, always has a great time canoeing on the Mohican and stuff. And so um, based on my husband's business, he's a, a software programmer. Um, we were able to move down here and, um, you know, it was harder for me to find a job down here, but, um, you know, uh, I helped him with the business and, you know, kitchen table uh, book work and things like that. And so we had been on this property for 13 years before anything, before I ever even thought about a Bigfoot. And to answer your question about my preconceived notions of a Bigfoot, um, uh, the first thing was, you know, watching the PGF on um, In Search Of when I was a kid. And, you know, so that was interesting. I mean, that was one of those shows that, you know, everybody sat down and watched, you know, in the family. And um, so fast forward to 2012, all those years later, um, the first, the next thing I'd ever even heard about it was when we were camping with my sister-in-law, uh, Kat, and she had talked about um, wherever we were camped, she was calling it Squatchy. And I'm like, you know, what are you talking about? Squatchy? <laughs> you know, what does that mean? <laughs> and uh, so she told me about the Finding Bigfoot show. And, you know, I surfed it a couple times and I didn't, you know, um, I don't know, it didn't really catch my interest at the time. And uh, until a year later, it, uh, May 14th, 2013, um, I had just left a job in Cleveland. I had been working at Burke Lake for an airport um, for, it's a private airport right downtown Cleveland. And I'd been working there for five years and commuting half a week. Uh, again, cause it's not easy to find good jobs around here. Um, so I did, you know, spent half the week up there and half the week at home. And then, you know, after commuting all that time and it was just kind of getting old and Bernie's like, just, you know, his business was doing well. So I said, you know, he's like, why don't you just come down back here full time and you'll find something. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I hate not having another job. And so I said, well, okay. And, um, had, you know, started the summer vacation <laughs> two weeks into it. And it was a beautiful night in May. And, um, you know, this time of year, we're always trying to warm up enough to be able to be back outside again. And it's just kind of starting, although today, like it snowed and, you know, three days ago, there were tornadoes, <laughs> you know, so, but, um, anyway, it was a great night, and I went to the store, and, um, I was going to sit out by the bonfire, which we have, we have 18 acres here, which is small by comparison to what surrounds us, um, on one side of us, a quarter mile away, we have some houses, but other than that, um, behind us, we've got, there's hundreds of acres, um, one property is 200 and they just use it for prize buck hunting. They actually live up uh, east side of Cleveland and um, the other way there's you know, some miles and, you know, to the north and to the east, there's, you know, bunches of farms and it's rolling hills and a bunch of tributaries that run into the Mohican river. And we're 1.3 miles from the river. And so I was going down this little back road um, to the little country store and um, being a beautiful day, I just stopped there and uh, for a few minutes because I was taking pictures of some horses and um, looked forward and saw this big black thing going across the road. I mean, it was in the air going across the road. It wasn't like walking and it was 240 feet in front of me is what we had measured. And um, I just didn't understand what that was that I had seen, I mean, you know, first I thought it was a deer and, you know, these are things that you'll hear in the movie and whatever, but 
um, you know, it's the same story every time. I was just like, you know, what was that? And, um, but it, 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 it gave me the creeps and I don't know, it was just kind of a freaky feeling because I just couldn't figure out what that was. And then after, you know, a few seconds, I don't know how much time went past, but you know, the only thing, you know, landed on my sister-in-law's thought about it being a Sasquatch. <laughs> and I'm like, just like, there's no way that there's a Sasquatch in Ohio. <laughs> I mean, that's just the craziest thing I've ever you know, thought about. And so I just, you know, started laughing, but I was still kind of freaked out. And, you know, I just looked over to see if I could see it going up, you know, because it was coming down. Well, I mean, it was to the left of this, like basically one lane road. You kind of have to pull over, you know, if anybody else is coming. Um, but there's a hill, kind of a hillside, and then there's the road, the dirt road, and then there's just a very slight ravine going down into a creek. And then there's a kind of a taller part on the right side. But, um, you know, I, I just called my sister-in-law, and I just told her I saw Sasquatch. <laughs> you know, I started laughing, and, like, this is not real. And, you know, got home, talked to my husband about it all night. And, you know, he's like, well, maybe it was a bear. I mean, there haven't been any bear sightings in this area that we had ever heard of. Um, but whatever, there had to be some other better explanation. And, um, you know, sat up and thought about it all night. And then a couple of days later, I found um, on I Google to see if anybody in Ohio had ever seen a Bigfoot before. And then I come up with this website, bfro.net, and there's a map. And then I clicked right down into Holmes County and read a report from 11 months prior, a mile from where I had seen it. And that just blew my mind. I'm like, this is crazy. I can't believe this is, I can't believe anybody's ever seen one in Ohio. And I can't believe that somebody saw it a mile from where I was. And there was a couple cars, more than one people saw it cross the road, unrelated people. Um, and I don't know, it just, that just started the craziness. And two weeks later, my brother-in-law was down for Memorial Day weekend. And, you know, we're just kind of goofing around. I'm trying to learn you know, everything about this and it still doesn't really seem real and we're, it still kind of seems like a joke, but it, maybe it isn't. And I don't know, it was somewhere in between this it could be real and, and this is just crazy to even consider this. And, um, so we were, we went to YouTube and, uh, you know, we're listening to all these howls and all this crazy stuff, interviews and, and so we were just goofing around, just throwing out howls in the middle of the afternoon for fun. Um, and then later, you know, just, okay, we're done with that. And then we went out to the fire and hung out there for a while listening to tunes. And um, one o'clock in the morning, my husband went to bed and my brother-in-law and I were just sitting there and we turned off the tunes and we we're just quiet. And um, all of a sudden, my brother-in-law, without warning, just lets out this huge screech, just like from the depths of his frustrated soul, he let out this huge screech and broke the silence. And it was 35 degrees out uh, and dropping, uh, which was just terrible for a Memorial Day weekend. But we had this huge pile of wood and, you know, just, we were warm. And I'm like, hey, good wood, Barry. That was awesome. And it sounded like one of those screeches that later I'd heard um, Cliff Bergman do. And um, a couple seconds later, this screech came back at us. That sounded just like what he had done, but it was loud, and it was, like, from the direction of where my sighting was, but, I mean, it was, like, super loud. I mean, like, right freaking there on top of us, and I just, I just, 
I couldn't, I didn't even know what to think. And I just looked over at him like, what did you just do? What just happened? And then while I'm trying to figure that out, um, he did another screech, my brother-in-law, and it was just, you know, he did a, another really, really good one. I mean, without telling me he was going to do it or having any sort of reaction. And, you know, and then, you know, sure as hell, this thing comes back at us. And it was this screech, and it went into a howl, a huge howl, and it just trailed off. And I just, I I had like a little mini meltdown. <laughs> you know, I mean, I wasn't just, I, I started laughing like uncontrollably, uncontrollably because I was just, for me, after listening to my family for two weeks, give me hell about, you know, <laughs> you saw Sasquatch, you know, kind of thing. You know, I'm just like, what was that? Uh, you know, it just, I don't know. I had tears coming down. I mean, every, you know, we said this, it's like every cell in my body just was like buzzing with, I don't know what, but it just, it just was crazy. And, um, you know, I talked to my brother-in-law about this a couple of years later and uh, I'm just like, God, that second one was loud. And he's like, no, I think it was closer. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, I mean, you think about that. So that was, you know, that was the start of it. And, you know, it just the end of summer in August, um, a girl, we were we had a whole canoe group camping with us at our back campsite here. And uh, this new girl saw said she saw it in our back field. And uh, I didn't play, you know, pay close enough attention to her to, you know, I could it was this big fog would rolled in and I didn't see it. And you would think I would have paid better attention, but I don't know. I didn't, but, um, I talked to her about it a couple of weeks later. She told, she fessed up to everybody. She thought that we were playing a joke on her. <laughs> She's like, I called up to say that my report had been published in the, you know, BFRO website. And, uh, She's like, well, Suzanne's serious about this Bigfoot stuff? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, I saw it in the backyard. And then drew this picture and told this whole story. And the story that she told mirrored the reactions that she had that night. Because I couldn't understand why she was walking back to the campsite and getting all freaked out. And, you know, then the coyotes went off pretty close by. And um, anyway, so then I just, then I really got, then I really got upset. You know, <laughs> I don't know if upset's the right word. I scared somewhere between scared, upset, not wanting to go off the porch. Um, and I'm one that used to wander around all over the place. So twice I felt like I was grounded on the porch and then, um, gosh, stuff just, you know, let's talk about that moment. What do you mean grounded? Well, I, I just felt like I was afraid to go off the porch because I didn't know what the hell was out there. Gotcha. (laughs) You know, and I, I, um, I had been in contact uh, with um, BFRO investigator and um, Mark Mazel, and he had said the first thing he said to me after I actually did make a report. I mean, like I didn't want to make a full report, but I'm like, hey, you know, I saw something. This was this was after just after Memorial Day, and I'm like, gosh, I really got to you know ask for some guidance here. And he's like, well, yeah, there's been uh, you know in the past six months there have been several reportings you know, sightings in your area. And I just was like, you're kidding me. <laughs> it's like, and I'm like, are they aggressive? I mean, you know, what am I dealing with? And so I just, I just didn't feel comfortable. Um, I just needed to kind of retreat back to the porch and be safe, which is, you know, for 13 years, all I had done is, you know, I mean, I, 
you know, I'd string an extension cord from the porch all the way out to the fire, you know, just to listen to tunes out there. I mean, I'd be out there all night. I never was afraid. I mean, I lived in Cleveland and, you know, and I'm like, this is the country. This is fabulous. You know, I, what do I have to be afraid of? And then it just turned everything upside down. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm better about going out to more remote parts of the property now, but, um, now we built, um, two big, huge porches. And, um, so now I have all my amenities here and everything. And I just stay on the porch for the most part. I don't go that far except on rare occasions. And I've kind of, you know, kind of made a deal with them. Uh, okay, this is my space and you can have that. <laughs> and let's just get along because I'm not moving and, you know, this is your home too. And, you know, of course, that took a while to get to that point, but um, everything's peaceful now, <laughs> which I'm happy about. Okay, so are they coming in to the house area? Is that why you gave them uh, a warning? Well, yeah. Um, in 2014, September of 2014, um, Tommy Marone had been nagging me uh, hard enough to get a recorder, as the other investigators that I was, you know, closer with then um, got to know. Um, we're like, you got to get a recorder. You got to get a recorder. And I'm like, finally, I'm like, okay, I'll get a recorder. And so um, the second night I had it out, uh, it was kind of like on this wood pile, kind of back where the campfire was. Uh, I brought it back and listened to every single minute of it. And which was interesting because I had been, I'd always, you know, kind of was proud of the fact that I could identify every single sound around here. And, um, the second night I had, I listened to that recording though. Uh, I heard these heavy footfalls coming towards the recorder and I'm like, what is that? I mean, it wasn't, I know what deer sound like because there's an apple tree right next to our porch and uh, you know, there are deer always over there and you know, I get off, I, you know, a lot of times I'd walk around without a flashlight and then I get snorted at, I mean, the deer are everywhere. I don't even think about it, but this wasn't like, you know, deer go, you know, and they're running by, this was like, go boom, boom. Yeah. And so there was, I have the recording, I could send it to you. Um, but it just was freaky. And so our family lives, you know, both of our families live up in Cleveland and we have a second home up there. Um, we fixed up and Bernie's mom lives in now. And, um, so I, you know, putting the headphones on all the, on all the in-laws, you know, hanging out, you know, like, Hey, listen to this. How you like me now? (laughs) What's this? And they're all just like the faces, you know, so great to see their faces. Um, so I, a month after that, I was sitting on the porch and, um, Again, not the porch we have now, but my back was towards the side of the house, um, towards what I call now the creepy hill. And I heard the same heavy footfalls approaching me on the porch. And this was somewhere around 11, 1130 at night. And I just, I I, I can't even tell you what that moment did. Um, It it could have done in terms of damage to our lives. um, Because after that, I just, it, it approached... I could hear the footfalls sound exactly like the recording and then it stopped right over my right shoulder and was standing there breathing heavily. And if I were to put my hand up over my right shoulder, that's where the mouth would have been. Now there's this lattice that we had on the edge of the porch. Like if the kind that you, if you grow clematis or 
ivy or something. Um, sure, sure. But it, it didn't have any ivy on it, and it was just this thing was there, and it was loud, and and I just I I froze thinking about the fact that there's no way that this could actually be happening right now, and like just get a hold of yourself. This is just not happening, but it was, and so I just picked up the recorder. I mean, my computer, and I walked into the house, backed into the house, and I didn't come out for two solid days. And then I told Bernie that the dream is dead. We're, 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 I can't live here anymore. It's not fun. I can't even be on the porch. This is out of hand. And, you know, in between 13 and 14, I mean, there was a lot of stuff. There's knocks and trees going down. And I just, you know, none of which could be proven to be anything other than, I don't know. I mean, it was just, it was, it was a rough time that I, it, just, it took me a while. Um, it took me a couple of weeks to get to the point where I was seriously not going to, you know, I told Bernie, okay, maybe we'll stay. But somebody had told me that you just need to make a stand and you have to talk to them. And I'm like, that we're talking to these things, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, what the hell, what else do right. I got? You know, right. I get nothing to lose. So I'm, you know, I'm marching the trash cans down to the end of the driveway. And I'm like, listen, you know, we have to live here together in peace and you have to quit scaring me. And, and, you know, I appreciate the fact that this is your home and, but this is our home and, and, and we got to figure this out. And, well, uh, let's talk about this moment here because it's, it sounds so alien to people that don't deal with this, but um, having a talk with the woods, I know how crazy it feels to do it, but describe to people what this is like, because literally you're going out there talking to the trees. You don't really, and tell me if I'm wrong, you're not seeing anything at this point. You're just basically, no. you're going out there kind of winging it and hoping that this works. Just describe how you felt when you did that. I was mad. <laughs> yeah, and I was talking to the air. I was talking to the, I don't know. I don't know who I was talking to, but I was just putting it out there. And I was I was mad. And I just wanted, I mean, it, it came from the heart. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't know who you are or what you're doing. But mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of had the, I was starting to wonder if they were able to hear what I was saying. Because there have been a couple incidences, um, and again, it does. It sounds crazy to say this, but, you know, um, it used to be fun. Before before that scary part, it was actually kind of fun because then I'm like, wow, you know, there's a knock. There's a knock, you know, and so I'm just like, you know, trying to be observant and, you know, downloading the knocks onto the, you know, so in sending them off to the investigators, what do you think about this? And we, we debunked some of them. You know, which was great, you know, because I'm like, oh, good, that's an answer. (laughs) And any answer was a good answer. And, um, but I remember one night, um, again, it was kind of almost like kind of a fun game. Um, And I hadn't heard anything in two weeks. And at that point, it was like two weeks out hearing something was like a long time. And I'm like, okay, well, just for fun, I was just kind of being a little salty, you know, just sitting on the porch. And I was just like, well, if you're here, and you're supposed to be so big and strong, then why don't you show me how big and strong you are? <laughs> it's like, 
I don't know, a couple minutes later, all of a sudden this huge tree goes down on the creepy hill 100 feet behind me. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I get it. I mean, I actually started laughing and I did it. I think I had a few more tears coming down. But I'm just like, oh my God. They just, right. they just heard what I said. Now, but that, then, of course, you know, that, they, I can't prove that because trees go down. I mean, so. Right. They, I mean, are you, you still know. doing that at that point, Suzanne? Are you still uh, talking yourself out of the phenomena constantly? Or are you full on knowing that they're, they're coming to your house? Well, when the thing screamed at us uh, in May of 2013, I, I knew it was real. That <laughs> was that was I, I knew it was real. Um, uh, now them the them being around after that with like the knocks and stuff, I was trying to be skeptical. But again, I had great investigators around me, and God bless them for it. And you know they're like, he's got Sasquatch fever. Um, I remember Cliff. You know, we eventually they was asked to do um, finding Bigfoot, and you know during the investigation, Cliff is just like, you know, do you think that maybe you just didn't notice? this stuff happening before? And I'm like, uh, uh-uh. I mean, I said, well, maybe, you know, okay, maybe I didn't notice that these knocks were happening, but I'm thinking mm. there's, I, I, I never had heard sounds like that before in the 13 years that I had been there, but then all of a sudden it started happening. So, I mean, I was, I was pretty convinced that they were real. Now, you know, them being able to hear what I was saying, that was just, that was kind of interesting. <laughs> you know, I just kind of kept stacking up examples um, but I was still just trying to get evidence, um, but then also trying to figure it out. But then also, you know, trying to turn off the people looking at me sideways um, and not taking all that personally and just like, OK, it's just me and them, you know, and uh, it's it's I'm just going to sit here and listen and see what happens. Give a give. Let's stick with them listening to you or understanding or hearing what you're saying. What other examples uh, do you have that they potentially were listening? Um, there was, uh, I'll, I'll jump to, I'll jump to after the thing had approached the house. Um, and when I wasn't happy, um, there was a, one of those weekends right after that had happened, you know, we went up to Cleveland for the weekend, um, hang with the family. And, um, I was just so happy, so happy to, um, get out from here. And it felt like, you know, I felt like I just could breathe. Uh, and so I had a great weekend in Cleveland. And then as we're coming back home and coming around the corner towards the house, I just got that heavy feeling again. You know, it's kind of, I, I describe it like wearing a sweater, a wool sweater in summer. <laughs> you know, it was just heavy. And I was just mad. I'm like, oh gosh, this is such a beautiful night. This is one of these nights I would have, I would have, you know, sat out and enjoyed it. Um, but I just got out of the car and I was just marching to the house because our garage is an old hog barn and it's a hundred feet from the house. And I'm just marching to the house and I'm just, in my mind, I was just totally putting it out there. And I'm like, I am not sitting out here tonight. You are not, <laughs> you are not going to scare me. And I'm going in the house and I'm going to be safe in the house and, you know, basically screw you. And so at three o'clock in the morning, uh, got up to go to the bathroom and I came back lying in bed and I'm just like reading my phone or something, some news and getting ready to fall back asleep again. And then all of a sudden, whack, this huge, 
I don't know, sounded like a baseball, you know, thrown at 98 miles an hour, hit like the window right above my head. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> told them to, you know, screw off and, and I'm safe in my house and you can't get me. And they just showed me that they can get me anywhere they, <laughs> anywhere they want. And so I'm like, oh my God, I just, it freaked me out. Um, the cat went running off the bed. My husband didn't wake up. I, that was the strangest thing. I don't understand how he didn't wake up, but he didn't. And, um, and so I'm like a month later, I'm thinking, no, that's just crazy. Cause you know, Bernie walked around the house to see if there was any dents, you know, and then he's like, you know, maybe it was a bat that had just, you know, gone haywire uh, or something, you know, an animal of some sort. And who knows? You know, there could have been, you know, other logical explanations. And so I'm like, OK, fine. And so a month later, I, you know, same time of night, went out, when I got up and I looked out the window again to the what I call the creepy hill. And uh, I'm like, hmm. I'm like you're probably not real. That probably wasn't really you guys. <laughs> like, you know, calm yourself, Suzanne, you know, get over it. <laughs> you know, it's just, that was just some sort of weird thing that happened. And sure enough, I went back to bed and sure enough, something 98 mile an hour, something hit the other window on the other side of the bedroom. <laughs> and I'm like, God, the cat went running again. And, you know, so now I'm like, okay, this has happened twice after I've, you know, put this out there. And then actually I could give another example of that. It, um, jumping forward several years to this past summer, uh, summer of 2019, <clears throat> it was July. And you know, again, things had quieted down for several years, which I was fine with, except, you know, gave me time to think about it all. And, you know, maybe they left or, you know, just give me a chance to calm down. Um, and so I was, I don't know, I was got home from work and I was changing clothes and uh, <clears throat> getting ready to go downstairs. And I looked out the window, our bedroom window, to the creepy hill. And I'm like, you know, I wonder if you're still around. You know, were you ever around? You know, I just, I kind of miss you. <laughs> you know, I kind of miss the action a little bit. You know, and I just, it was kind of like a, hmm, I don't know. And then I just went on with it. And then at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I get up, the window's open because it's a warm night, and I'm in the bathroom, and all of a sudden I heard this monster knock from the creepy hill that seems like the sound went directly through the window straight at me <laughs> into the bathroom. And I was like, oh, my God, this happened again. So, I mean, I don't know. I How can I – I can't prove anything. I, you know, it's like my husband says, if you don't see the beast hit the tree, you don't know what it is. Um I, there's just a lot of unexplained things. <laughs> now, where is Bernie at during all this? Is he going on the ride with you, or is he a skeptic? How's how's he treating the phenomena? Um, oh, he was a skeptic. I mean, he's just like, you know, there's got to be a, other explanations for things. Um, but then he, you know, he realized that this is, you know, how it affected me. Um, and so... One of the, but it was hard. I mean, it was hard. We had to have a lot of discussions. I mean, and we had been married for over 20 years. And so we knew how to talk to each other. And we knew, I mean, when you're married to somebody that long, you know exactly, you know, where somebody's at. And he, he, he realized that, <clears throat> you know, this was, I wasn't getting off of this thing. And it, it, this stuff was happening. And he goes to bed early and I go to bed late. So he was never around for 
any of this stuff to happen. Uh, except for one of the greatest moments was one time when he was in 2016, uh, late April, 2016, uh, around this time of year, actually a couple weeks from now, we were mushroom hunting in the, uh, property behind us. And there were four of us and we were walking from the, this open area, open area field into the forest area and then walking up this hill. And all of a sudden this huge whack uh, happened. And again, you can tell the difference. I mean, you hear these things enough, you you know, the difference between a tree breaking or a branch breaking um, or a big power knock. And um, he just, he and his dart partner uh, were ahead of me and they both look at each other and then they look down to this other friend of ours. And then they're all three of them looking back at me because I was the last one in line because I'd been taking pictures and stuff. And I'm like, I'm just like, nanner, nanner, nanner. <laughs> and that, that really threw him for a loop because, you know, it was, he couldn't figure that out. And my husband's a mechanical engineer from one of the best, um, you know, Case Institute of Technology in Cleveland, one of the best schools in the country. And, um, you know, he studies these things in a very scientific manner. And, and so what was so great about him is a lot of times he would just keep me calm through all of this and offering other explanations. But again, it was kind of, we had like a little bit for the first time, um, something that we didn't have in common together. But um, now, I mean, he's learned a lot as much as I've learned. And, um, you know, he can't say for sure that he thinks that, you know, that there's Bigfoots um, around because he can't prove it. Um, And and who can, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. But it was great to have him have something happen to him too that he couldn't figure it out and it's kind of funny because some of the other weird things you said we're going to talk about a little bit later um i kind of felt were directed to him actually uh because they were it was there were things that were physically moving around here in ways that um had no business scientifically doing what they did and that really twisted him up (laughs) and I was just like okay that's cool (laughs) you know it's just another weird thing and you know I enjoyed Mm -hmm. watching him try to figure it all out (laughs) so but we still don't know for sure anything but well let's talk talk about these moments here Um, was it aimed towards Bernie these things being moved is that what you're saying I don't know I I can't say for sure obviously but um I kind of think so because, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I don't know. It's hard to say. He was, as we had, we had the porch built, the main part of it built by a builder. Um, but all the railings around here um, and the posts and stuff like that, he had done, uh, he made himself and cutting these angles and all that kind of stuff. So he spent a lot of time, um, you know, building this thing. And, now, I don't know if this was because we put a 400-square-foot porch on a 145-year-old house and things were reacting. I mean, that's, this starts in December of 2016 um, on his birthday. Um, this whole chapter of these post-porch caps moving and other things moving. So, I don't know, maybe because it started on his birthday. Um, we came... Uh, we came back from dinner. It was his birthday and um, we got back to the house and uh, we're just playing tunes and, you know, drinking beers and um, it was cold enough. You know, we kept the beverages outside and um, within a 20 minute period, 
the post caps, which were not glued down, uh, the two of them at the bottom of the steps were tilted at angles that were equal to each other. And all of a sudden, Bernie comes in, and he's like, Suzanne, get out of here. There's something weird. This happened. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Let me just finish queuing up this song. Okay, he's like, he comes back in. He's like, come here and look at this. And um, I've got a picture of it. I could, we actually, we had to recreate it because he was so upset. He went and picked them back up and put them back the way they were supposed to be. But he couldn't, He to this day, and if you ever talk to him, he'll tell you that he cannot figure out for the life of him how two of those flat type porch cap things that were snug on the on top of it he didn't want to glue them down till the warm weather came because you know just for the glue setting up or something um how both of them were at you know the angles that they were matching each other and after that well there's some other things that happened after that but as far as the porch caps were concerned it went on for a year and a half and I wouldn't let him glue the things down because I'm like, this is interesting. <laughs> well, now wait. Okay. So this kept happening. Yes. Okay. And oh, by, and yes, by porch caps, you mean the little fittings that go on top of uh, beams that uh, are like for railings, like the little caps, yeah. decorative caps. Yeah, there's like a there's the railing, and then there's like a post, and then the decorative cap that goes. Got on top you. Of it. Okay, and he hadn't glued it so that they could be slipped off, and repurposed or posed or played with by something that had hands. Right, but okay. you had to yank it off. But yeah, gotcha. And so that's why he couldn't understand because, again, being a mechanical engineer, he 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 was trying to figure out what would do that. And of course, you know. I'm asking a lot of questions of my people around me, you know, going, you know, what can do you, I mean, and I would hope that if anybody can help me figure that out, anybody out there that has an idea, I mean, I went through, you know, a whole forum of people asking them what could have done this, you know, I mean, is there, you know, something that, you know, is there gas coming up? Is there, and but Bernie's like there, but he, it still didn't make any sense that the two of them were the two opposite angles of each other. And it happened within 20 minutes. And there was a huge light on those steps too. So it happened around 11 o'clock at night with a huge light on them. And, and, you know, he drinks the low alcohol beer. So it goes, he can get through it pretty fast. I mean, in between beers, (laughs) um, these things move. I mean, it was weird. And then, yeah, but it kept happening. It was, it happened. So wait, he would walk in, grab another Michelob Ultra and come out. And then he would see these caps faced kind of in the same direction. And this was a pattern for how long? Well, it happened once that the two, that two of the caps, uh, portage caps were, were at the angle that, Mm -hmm. that it it only happened once with both of them. And in between is, you know, uh, Bud Select 55. <laughs> I'm the Mick Ultra girl. <laughs> okay. But yeah, but it, that only happened once. But things that happened after that were one single post cat moving or that had moved. And okay. so it got to be kind of a joke because right. it was happening a lot. And there was one time uh, that in September of 2017 that it happened three times in four days. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Um, 
and then it's it's happened at, at, at other ends of the porch. Mm-hmm. It's happened at different seasons. Um, but there's something really freaky that happened the day after those the the two had moved. Um, if you want to hear that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, um, absolutely. Uh, you know, I just could go on about this stuff. It's crazy. Um, I for his birthday, I had uh, purchased a new office chair for him, and so the, that night before the post cab started moving, I uh, had moved the chair out onto the porch and it was kind of a snowy night and stuff. Uh, it was mostly just cold, actually. It wasn't snowy that night. Um, we got up the next morning and when I got home from work, Bernie said to me, he's like, were you sitting out? It was actually the next day. He's like, were you sitting out late? that night I'm like no it was cold and I was tired because we stayed up late the night before <laughs> it's like no I you know did not sit out last night he's like well the chairs turned around facing the view on the porch that didn't have railings at that point um and I'm like what are you talking about and he's like come look at this and he's the chair I had put the back up against one of the larger posts one of the big beams going up to the ceiling and it was turned around and facing out the view that I'm looking at right now and I'm like, well, that's weird. And so then we started to try to recreate how that could have been done. And we're like, well, maybe it was a raccoon that jumped on it and took it for a ride or, you know, there were no paw prints or anything. And so, yeah, it was weird, but we kept the experiment going for a long time, at least for the rest of, you know, for a while. And this chair did not move through a major gale storm. <laughs> it kicked up, you know, so because um, we put it back to where it was. So I don't know what did that. So that that was just another strange thing that happened. Now, are you both toying with ghost at the same time? Is that part of what you're thinking? Are you? Well, I, I said, you know, I don't think this is Bigfoot related, Bernie. I was like, I, if this is ghost, because he's had experience with ghosts because of where he lived in uh, Kirtland Hills growing up. Um, and you know, several experiences with it, um, and actually experienced when he was at, uh, college too. So I'm like, you know, I don't know anything about ghosts. <laughs> it's like, this is your department. <laughs> you got to figure this stuff out. So I don't know. We just kind of rolled with it. And, um, you know, about every few months or so, you know, maybe even as long as six months, there'd be another porch cap that moved. And Bernie was like, we got to set up a camera. And, uh, I'm like, no, because I had people telling me, don't set up a camera. That'll mess up the whole deal. And I'm not going to name names who told me that. But um, <laughs> so, and it turns out that we put that camera on like the heater thing. We've got this tall heater thing. And um, of course, then I kept moving the heater around to where I was sitting. And it just it just kind of fell apart. And But when I we took the camera down, Bernie was mad because then that blew his experiment. And I'm like, yeah, but you're going to blow my experiment if we keep the camera up. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so we got nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> but okay. So how long did you keep a camera up? Oh, probably a month and a half, maybe. Okay. That's it. Nothing ever happened on camera. Nope. No. Well, actually, no. I, I take that back. Something did happen. It, the camera was pointed one way, and one of the porch caps went uh, on the back steps. <laughs> So I was like, oh. ha ha. <laughs> 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 so, 
<laughs> so I laughed at that one. <laughs> you know, he pretty just shook his head. Yeah. <laughs> he does not. The only the only porch cat movement that he actually subscribes to as being weird and unexplained that he can't find an answer to is that first one that happened uh, on December 6, 2016. The other ones, he's like, you know, what if you're walking up and down and you hit the thing? So at night, I would try to do that. And I'd like try to scratch my back on them, you know, try to see what it would take for me to actually move them. And um you know, there was no way that, you know, unless you're like coming in with like a two by four and you're really whacked it off. Um, but it just, it, it, it kept happening though. And then ac- and after a while, it, it actually kind of got in my head about it. And um, I remember talking to the, you know, the one unmentioned friend uh, once and I look over, I'm like, oh my God, it just <laughs> it happened while I was sitting there on the phone. I, I mean, unless I just sat down and I didn't notice it, but it was right next to me the one post that was right next to me, I'm like, okay, I can't handle this anymore. Game's over. And I told Bernie, you know, all right, we're gluing them all down. Game's over. You know, I feel like I'm a little lab rat, you know, just, okay, let's see what she does now. And um, so Bernie's like, thank you. I've been wanting to glue them down for like a year. So we glued them all down and nothing happened after that. So it was just, I mean, I feel ridiculous even talking about this um, to some extent because, I don't know. There's no explanation for it except, for, you know, I don't know. Well, the camera part's really interesting. The fact that something happened away from where the camera is, you know, sim- a similar <laughs> I love that. trick. Yeah. Yeah. I that was too. great. I just was like, that was a great moment for me. <laughs> Cause I'm like, see, told you. Mm-hmm. Now before but, that, did Bernie ever talk about uh, anything following him ghost wise from, you know, residence to residence. Did you ever have to deal with Bernie's ghost? No. I mean, he told okay. me um, the last ghost experience that he had was when he was in college and um, they had rented out a dorm or a, a room in the basement of one of the frat houses for the summer for like 25 bucks a summer or something is all it cost him. And um, he came home one night in the door lock um, <clears throat> they used to lock it like from the inside or something. I don't know. Something was up with the door lock he was inside the room or came inside and he saw a figure sitting on the couch and uh, he thought it was his roommate. And he's like, Hey, you know, Jim, whatever. Um, How you doing? And this figure didn't move for a bit. And he's like, that's weird. And then, I don't know, it kind of turned its head, but he's like, I don't know, maybe he had a bad night or something. And he went to bed. Well, when he went to bed, he found his roommate was already asleep. And so he's like, well, what was sitting there on the couch? And um, I, I guess it turns out that one of the frat guys had committed suicide many years before or something. So maybe that was him. But <clears throat> so that was one time that Bernie actually saw a ghost. Um, and then, of mm-hmm. course, the houses that he lived in, it was on a um, it's called Little Mountain um, uh, up in Kirtland Hills. And I think there's a lot of Indian burial grounds near there and stuff. And all the old houses were like completely haunted and they all had you know, you talk to him about it sometimes about what it was like when they were kids. But, but, but there had been no, I mean, since we had moved here in 99, there was never any ghost stuff. I, we'd never felt like there was ghost stuff. He, he would have been a little, maybe a little bit more sensitive to it. Um, but we had never had any ghost issues before. So this was new stuff. Okay. What about, uh, are you in the process of, leaving out things for them like food or any kind of mementos or toys or anything like that. What are you doing in that area? Um, somebody had told me that about the whole gifting thing 
so um, I would go back to the back campsite and leave stuff out. And Bernie was highly against the idea of leaving food out because it just kind of attracts all kinds of critters. And um, but I did a few times, and um, there, you know, so some one time something came and ripped up all the tin foil where the ribs were in, and then the next night, you know, next time something had licked the tin foil clean and um we decided to put little i decided to put little shells and marbles and pretty stones and stuff like that on the table and then we put a game cam right on it and um we found all kinds of interesting things that got up there um including uh, there was a deer he put his nose up on there because I'd come back down and stuff would be moved around. I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. And then we'd check the game cam and there was a, a like a raven, you know, sitting on the table. Our our cat made it all the way down there, was on the table. So, I mean, you know, stuff moving on the table is just a bunch of wildlife doing what they do. So, but I don't do anything other than, I. there's no gifting or anything like that going on here. Okay, so you've never had items arrive? No. No, there was there was one weird um, stick thing on the ground. It looked like a somebody told me, "Well, that's a glyph," and you know, so it, so there's sticks that fell in a in a strange way. You know, I'm like, "Oh, cool!" So that's what a glyph looks like. Oh, all right, let's watch it, see what it does. And it didn't do anything except for you know keep breaking down every time my dog stepped on it or something. You know, they, I, so I don't. I don't have glyphs and yeah, mm-hmm. there's none of that. Okay. What about inside the house? Anything happen inside? No, nope. Nothing inside the house. No, nope. Okay. No basement issues. Not that I, I can go down in the basement in the mm-hmm. middle of the night. I, no fear. Mm-hmm. Nothing strange in the house. Okay. What about uh, lights? Have you seen any strange lights in or around your property? Yes. Uh, in 1999, right after we had moved here, um, in the middle of the night, I got up to the bathroom and, um, I looked out the window to the creepy hill and between our house and the hill, um, there's all these big, well, big, um, baseball size lights. They look like baseball size lights anyway, maybe ping pong ball. I'm not sure, which is kind of zooming all over the place. I mean, just zoom here zoom here zoom here and it was just like a whole bunch of them and so I, I wake up bernie i'm like wake up and look at this and he got up and he looked out the window and he's like wow man that's weird <laughs> and so we're just like what is this i was like okay welcome to the country we just moved from the city okay i guess strange things happen and so we asked the farmer down the road have you ever seen anything like that before and he's kind of looks at us kind of strangely and he's just like uh no but they're probably fast-moving mating fireflies. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> it's like wow, <laughs> those are big fireflies. Yeah, boy, they must have been moving real fast. But right. that was really strange. So, yeah, I don't know what that was. Um, so the the neighbors in general, the farmers, people that live out in the country, how how close are they to you? Uh the closest to us, um, south. Uh, a quarter of a mile, and there's there was a lady there, um, elderly lady. Um, she's in the nursing home now, and there's people renting there now. Uh, and then one couple other houses right there on 
211. Um, and, but then if we're going north up our road, uh, maybe a mile is the next house. Um, and our road is, our house is close to this county road. The front of the house is close to the county road. So there is traffic going up. Um, but then if we look west, um, um, a mile and a half uh the river and they, there's a there's a big hill and you know so there's yeah three, so if, three sides i don't have hardly anybody so if you look out into the trees you can't necessarily see a porch light on or anything like that only if i'm looking to the south okay now there's yeah just the one direction mm-hmm. but okay. other than three sides no okay and, and you know the farmer's excuse for mating fireflies uh what do you put that as far as like one through 10, the likelihood that he was accurate, 10 being the most accurate, is he, do you think that's a possibility? Well, I mean, at the time I had to consider it because he'd lived here his whole life, um, <laughs> you know, and what do I know? Um, but, you know, I think he was just, I think he was just trying to find some sort of explanation. But what was interesting about him is um, we went down and they have a, massive fireworks display down at their place uh and uh, we went down there or i went down there fourth of july uh bernie wasn't with me and uh this was this was 2013 fourth of july 2013 and uh you know i'm like i'm not going to tell him anything about this bigfoot stuff he's gonna think i'm nuts but then of course i did (laughs) he's like he got this look (laughs) on his face and he's just like i told him about the scream and he's like, he told, he called this other guy over, uh, and he's, he, he's like, Bob, come over here and listen to this. And Bob comes over and he, the farmer tells me the story how they had just in the end of May or whenever, you know, tricky season is here, you know, May sometime, um, that he and his friend were hunting, um, turkey before dawn, you know, or getting in position or whatever. And something, they were in the woods. One of them was in the woods and this huge screech came at them. And his, his hunting buddy came out, the seasoned hunter came out of the woods. He said his face was as white as a ghost and said, did you hear that? And uh, the farmer's like, yeah, I heard that. And he's like, what was that? And he's like, I don't know. And then he's kind of like, it was, it's interesting. It was like watching his mind kind of connect some dots and so he called mm-hmm. this other guy bob who's got this property that's actually right down on the river and they just come down during the summer and on weekends and stuff and he and so he tells bob this story and then bob's like well yeah my kids heard that heard something do the same thing they were all camping out you know on the property and the dog went running into the house and then something screamed at them and so i think well, and not to mention the other stories that were going on around here. I mean, I just think that there was, I think there was one, I think it was a juvenile. I was just, after all this time, I think about it, try to think of what it was. But I think it was kind of like a, you know, 19-year-old type, you know, male running around just causing, you know, havoc everywhere. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, nobody around here would ever even talk about Bigfoot. I mean, I've heard UFO stories in the in the Eagles, um, you know, everybody around here has got a UFO story, you know, and I'm not into UFOs, but, you know, just for fun, one night I went and asked every single person in the Eagles. I'm like, okay, do you, do you see a UFO? Do you see a UFO? And if they hadn't seen one, they knew somebody that did. But nobody in the entire time, 13 years that we had lived here, 
had ever said, you know, said anything about a Bigfoot. And so I go marching in there and I'm like, all right, peoples, you know, you guys have lived here your whole lives. You know, I mean, there's the people in Loudonville stay in Loudonville. And, you know, even if we've lived here 20 years, um, you know, we're still, you know, city people or whatever, you know, but, you know, these people have been here for generations. I said, okay, well, you know, cough it up. Who's seen a Bigfoot, you know, and, um, nobody had ever said that they had, uh, you know, eventually some stories came out. Um, but you know, nothing, there wasn't anything around here until like 13, 14. Right. So, I mean, after, after your initial sighting in May, 2013, and you hadn't seen anything 13 years prior, you start having all these occurrences at, on or near your property, sometimes right there on your doorstep. So wh- how would that be? What, what do you think, what are we missing here as far as their ability to recognize who you are or where you live? I mean, what do you think about that? Well, it's the, the you know, it's the unending question that I spent hours and years doing here is asking why (laughs) why did they show up why were they you know allegedly interested in me you know and so i i try to you know try to think about why that could be and from uh the year that um i saw him the farmer down the road uh had taken out a nuisance permit so this might have something to do with it he dropped 70 deer in like one year. Um, I mean, he just took them all out. He, I mean, he and his family, um, he got booted off of the lease from the lady across the road. She was really mad. Um, but I mean, we had hunters or our good friends forever that would come down all the time and, you know, they didn't see anything after that. Um, but he would shoot these things and then let them lie or lay, whatever the correct English is there. Um, and they just, I don't know. Maybe they were coming in and chomping on all the dead deer that were laying around. Either that or they were mm-hmm. feasting on them all. And then after, you know, the farmer killed them all, they left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that could possibly be it. Um, as far as our particular geographical location, um, I remember the one night I kind of had a eureka moment. Is I'm, you know, trying to learn about the patterns and people talk about, you know, terrain and cover and water and food and all that kind of stuff. I mean, okay. Um, you know, yes, we had so many deer here that they were eating six rows into this, you know, guy's corn crop and he was mad about losing all the money. Okay. I get it. But, um, you know, it was just, there was just an abundance of everything here, food and everything. But this hill that I talk about, um, I kind of started thinking about it one night and the hill juts out almost like a peninsula where on the left side of the hill, um, on the north side of the hill, there's a field you know, cornfield, whatever they were planting that year. And there's trees on top of the hill, which is our property line. And then on the other side, the south side of the hill is our house and our yard and all that kind of stuff. On the east side of the hill, it was a perfect lookout to this whole bowl, this valley of, you know, a couple fields, a stream running through another field, and then the big, huge block of forest, which is one of the biggest blocks in Holmes County. And I'm like, this is perfect for hunting because anything it could create, it can, this will bridge two different sections of this area. 
the one section going all the way down to the Mohican, it can, it, if a Bigfoot wanted to do this, it can get all the way from the Mohican through the other properties that are behind me, including the back 80. And, you know, it can get up and then come right to the edge of our, you know, peninsula hill and do a, a knock to somebody on the other side and just like, you know, Hey, I'm doing this or, you know, letting it, I don't know, maybe they let each other know where the deer are or something. Cause the deer were everywhere. And so there was one night I was sitting as an example of this, I was um, sitting on the front porch, um, which I don't do that often because of the road. And, um, you know, unless the wind is, you know, hitting me from the West, it's a good place to go when the weather's bad. Uh, I just sat here one night and I heard this big knock and I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. And, uh, then 10 minutes later, um, like right in front of me, like if I were to go in front of me, like quarter of a mile, there's this other huge knock. And then like 15 minutes after that, you know, to my right, there was another knock and I'm like, this is the best show in the world. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> nobody would believe this. You know? So it's just, it's fun, but it's, I, I think it's, I think the terrain is perfect. I mean, we have so much water around here and there's enough cover and there's enough food and, um, mm-hmm. you know, our location just might have been the right place for them at the right time and where they are now and why they left. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Now, did you ever get advice from any researchers not to talk about any of the stranger aspects of, you know, the things that happened on your property? Well, <laughs> um, I mostly surrounded myself. I mean, I've met a few really good friends since then. Um, well, and I was on the bigfootforums.com too for a, a while at the beginning too. So I had a, I kind of had voices in both camps, put it that way. Um, to me, the way I uh, was, the only way I could get my footing is to try to find out the actual real flesh and blood science right. of what's going on. Um, because, you know, and I spent a lot of time trying to debunk things and try to figure things out and try to find logical answers to thingies, things, even though the whole Bigfoot thing is, you know, seems, you know, not logical to a lot of people. Um, but once I knew for sure that it was, you know, real and um, around and, and doing things um, and doing similar things to what other people were saying that, you know, it was was doing, you know, that's where I lived. I mean, I lived there. But this other side of my actual experiences when things happened, um, mm-hmm. when I least expected it, when I was just kind of like free and not thinking about anything mm-hmm. or just kind of having a joyous moment or, you know, just, I don't, people say sometimes, you know, you're just at a higher level of consciousness or something. Not that I would do that, but you can get that way when you're sitting out at night, looking up at the beautiful stars, you know, all night and listening to, you know, just being in nature and just feeling good. And it just, everything, there was just too many things that kept connecting with me. I'm like, wow, you know, when I did this, that happened. Or when I felt like this, that happened. Or when I actually made some sort of connection or understanding, bam, I got some sort of confirmation. But I've also studied, you know, the mind can do some things, you know, power of suggestion or, you know, um, confirmation bias and mm-hmm. so i you know i just i spent a lot of time trying to think about it and when 
<laughs> now, this is kind of funny. Um, there's another example of something weird. Um, at the time, I would just, I would get so twisted up about it, you know, and just the whole process of it and how it was just taking over my life sometimes. And, you know, that's all my friends heard about. That's all Bernie heard about. That's my, all my relatives had heard about. The people who work, that's all I heard, you know. I'm just one of those ENFJ personalities that, you know, if, if, if it's on my mind, I have to talk about it. Um, but it just, it just got to be too much sometimes. Um, and I'm like, I don't care what you're doing tonight. I'm putting the headphones on and I'm going to listen to my music and I'm going to look at the computer and I'm just going to shut you out. And <laughs> I can't tell you how many times it would happen that I take the headphones off or I'm chewing up another song and that's when I'd hear the knock. <laughs> like, you, right. you know, it was like, it was like a game. It was, it was like a sense of humor, you know? And I'm like, no, nah, come on, mm-hmm. you know? It, 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 I don't know. It's just, I, 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 I ended up getting to be friends with, um, you know, Tom Powell's been a great person, um, to talk to about all this. Um, and, you know, got to know Henry Franzoni recently too. Um, he's a good friend and, um, you know, so I, the, my philosophy on this is that if you're just going to stick your paddle, you know, if you have one oar in the canoe, then you're, you know, you're not going to go straight. You have to have two, you know, I one on either side. And so maybe there's some information here on the left side that, that you know, science hasn't caught up with yet. Um, and if nothing else, it's really fun to think about. Um, and then there's the other side where it's just like, okay, you know, we just got to keep moving and, and we need solid science and things that are provable. Otherwise, you know, mm-hmm. none of the, it's not going to do anybody any good. You know, everybody's going to be laughing at us and think we're all just a bunch of crazy YouTubers or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which we are. Um, <laughs> as far as like, are you leaning a certain way, Suzanne, with this? Do you find yourself vacillating between you know the flesh and blood and another possible answer i don't know it's a a, that's a difficult question maybe it depends on you know something will happen gosh even this past december you know something will happen one way and i'm like oh wow you know okay i'm definitely in this camp (laughs) yeah i was a friend of mine had showed me um she's from canada showed me a first nations wave that they do and um, I came out on the porch one night. And it was cold, but decided, you know, spent a little bit of time outside, Christmas season, beautiful stars. And I just, for the fun of it, I was feeling all festive. We'd been wrapping presents and stuff. And I just looked over the woods and I'm just like, hello. And I did the wave and I immediately got tap, tap. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, seriously <laughs> i'm like that just happened but then i'm like yeah maybe it didn't you know um so then i go back over to the other side and then i'm like this is crazy you have to you have to stay you know in in the science flesh and blood but then i'm like then something else happens and i'm like wow but that just feels so right to me and so i'm in the other side so i, I think about it all and i try to you know i try to one thing i'm really good at is identifying who is smart in this Bigfoot community and um, who knows things and, and I'll listen, you know, to all the smart people. And it doesn't mean that like, okay, if this one tells me this one, I'm just going to say, okay, yeah, you're right. Um, Or that one says, no, this one's wrong. You got to believe this way. No, I'm not, you know, I don't sway in the wind in terms of who tells me things. I just take what they 
their information, their good information that I, I, I'm so grateful for, that they've done years of research and I'm the beneficiary of. Um, and I'm like, wow, okay, this is what, you know, this is the, this is what the information that they're looking at. Now, how does that apply to what I'm looking at? And um, I did a, a, my husband is a, runs programming um, software for uh, people that take interviews, job interviews for large companies. And so it's like a, the psychology software, I forget what they call it, but um, there was one time when he had to test the, his new tabulation system or whatever. And so he's like, here, sit down. You have to take this test. <laughs> like, okay. And so he's going off to the store and he comes back and he's like, you're still doing it. I'm like, yes. I'm like, go away. I'm figuring something out. And so it turns out it spit out like 26 different reports on me, which I was like, okay, well, what's it say? <laughs> I'm not going to read all these reports about myself. Just give me the highlights. And he said that it showed two things. One is that I test really on the far end for trusting people. Uh, so yes, I, so I recognize that, um, that somebody tells me something and I'm like, wow, really? That's wild. And I think about it and, you know, I, you know, I guess I, I learn the hard way sometimes when I find out people are BSing, um, which you know, everybody does in this field at one time or another. Uh, I mean, that you discover that somebody's trying to BS you. Um, but you know, I seriously would take it in. But the other thing it said was that um, it said I'm a B9. Uh, and I'm like, well, what does that mean? And he said, it just means that I have, a, I test really high on the end of discerning patterns. And so I guess over the period of time that I've been here, and it's it's been a very standard, you know, research area. The only thing that changed was the porches. Um, but I could tell when things are, happening or not happening and so or when things are different um and so after 20 some years you know yeah i've connected some dots but can i say that any of those dots are can hold up to any sort of solid research no but do i believe some of this you know telepathy or whatever it's doing i mean maybe it's just like a your dog that watches you incessantly and you think your dog knows what you're thinking but um because it knows what you're gonna do i mean i don't know i don't have any answers yet <laughs> when it comes to uh one of the things you mentioned here i wanted to ask you if you ever thought about things happening at three in the morning did you find that the number three was coming up uh as far as like three oh. three raps uh you know three hits things happening at three in the morning was there that did the number three mean anything to you i never thought about that except for yeah i mean the fact that maybe that was just my body clock that got up at that time of the night i don't know mm -hmm. uh, but no it wasn't um no i never had anything three like that before okay what about dreams did you ever find that you had really strange <laughs> dreams did anything prophetic happen uh were you ever communicated with anything like that yeah that was um i haven't had a bigfoot nightmare in, in a while um but i could tell you that it was um i'd have them quite a bit um what was great is that uh we were camping i was camping out at a some sort of bigfoot event um one it was a year about a year and a half ago, maybe two. Uh, 
and there was a there was this guy who was from the BFRO, and he was a psychiatrist. And I'm like, really? <laughs> it was like, well, let me pull my chair up next to you, <laughs> get some like free, uh, you know, free time. Sure, here. yeah, get, and, uh, <laughs> get some free couch time. Hell yeah! I'm like, what do you know? And um, and I I did. I talked to him about these nightmares. Um, and I felt like I was being yanked out of my body. Um, and I didn't like that. And I would wake, I would, you know, if I was screaming or moaning or something like that. And I can't tell you how many times my husband had to wake me up. Suzanne, Suzanne, you're having a nightmare. You're having a nightmare. And, um, I mean, it just, you know, he told me, he's just like, you know, there's, there's trauma. You went through trauma. And so, yeah, you know, you have nightmares. And he's like, when was the last time you had a nightmare? I'm like, hmm, it's pretty good. It's about six months ago. He's like, okay, well, that's good. You know, and so it's just, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't always getting yanked out of my body, but there was just, I'd, I'd have big nightmares. <laughs> were these just, were like, these dreams different than other dreams or different than other nightmares? What do you mean yanked out of your body? Um, well, I, I didn't have any, I wasn't a nightmare kind of a girl before that. Um, there was, uh, there was times when I felt like I was being pulled out of my body and, um, like I, I just felt like I was, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I that's just how I, that's how I could describe it. I felt like I was just being pulled. Like, you know, I was, I was moving away. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, and I didn't, I didn't like it. (laughs) I was like, I, you know, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I didn't. And it wasn't always the being pulled away part. Mm-hmm. Um, there was other times where I just, they were, you know, there was one time when I was, you know, I saw myself on the front porch and there was a little one there, like really short one. And it was just like hanging out, like, you know, kind of coming up on the steps or something. Um, you know, I'm like, wow, you're small. <laughs> you know, um, but there was, but then there was other times when there's just, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a Bigfoot nightmare. It, just, it, it was a nightmare when it came, when it por- approached me on the porch. Um, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, mm-hmm. somebody said, why don't you turn around and look at it? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> like what then about, I'd really be in trouble. You know? What about, uh, well, turn around and look at it. <laughs> Suzanne, what about uh, paralysis of any kind during your nightmares? Did you ever have yeah. sleep paralysis? Yes. Yes. Yes, that's, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, hate, I hate that, um, hate that, um, yeah, so that was uh, probably when, you know, I would be vocal and that's when Bernie would wake me up. Okay, so describe this, do you mind talking about this? Yeah, I mean, I, that's fine, I mean, as much as I could, you know, remember of how that was, except for, you know, being horrifying. <laughs> okay, so you're awake when this is happening? No, I, I was, I was in a dream. I mean, I was, I mean, you know, when you think, when you're in a dream, you think it's real. You think you're awake. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, thank God, you know, when Bernie would wake me up and be like, oh God, I think I was a dream. (laughs) Right. So these are night, these are night terrors. These are nightmares. These are to the point where you're, you know, reacting physically and, and Bernie notices this. So, yeah. So there's, I guess it was there, there's a difference between a nightmare and night terror. Night terrors when you're screaming and. Right, right. Like, well, yeah. I mean, if sleep paralysis, the way I always understood it, is that you're awake and you can't move, and you feel a presence in the room. Well, I don't know that I felt a presence in the room. Okay. Um, I think it was 
I, you know, think it was all in my mind, you mm-hmm. know, whatever my mind was doing at the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like, you know, the tornado dreams, you know, where you're running for the house and you're running in slow motion, you know, and you right. can't quite get there, you know, um, and the tornado's approaching. But, right. um, no, I just, no, I mean, I was asleep mm-hmm. having some sort of scary dream and mm-hmm. vocalizing it. To gotcha. the point where it woke my husband up, and he would wake right. me up. Okay. What about uh, marks on your body? Did you ever find any any marks or anything on your body or on your clothes that shouldn't be there when you were sleeping? No. Okay. Nothing like that. No, right. nothing strange. No. Well, as far as the strange goes, I mean, you're kind of in the pretty, you know, low <laughs> low to medium category at this point. So, I mean, you don't have too much to worry about. You mean low to medium strange? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, yeah, no, right. nothing strange. Like if the whole, you know, experience isn't strange. Yeah. What about, have you ever had anybody um, show up at your house or take a look at your house that drive by slowly and, you know, um, you know, strange cars, anything like that, or any strange phone calls or anything like that? I mean, there's sometimes there's, there's a lot of tourists around here in the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, and Bernie and I did talk about that when, you know, we were asked to do the back 80. I'm like, you know, Bernie, they're going to figure this out where we are, (laughs) all this. And we're just like, ah, what the hell? You know, we don't have anything to hide. But, um, you know, there's there might be some lurkers around. But in terms of people driving by slowly, maybe they're Mm -hmm. like, okay. I mean, I don't know. I I doubt it, though. I mean, there might be a couple people every once in a while but i mean they're not more they're not about big well they're not a lot of big footing big footers around here they're mm-hmm. just more about like canoeing <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and you're not too far from salt fork are you how far are you from salt fork 75 miles okay and do you go to that conference oh yeah, yeah. i that was fun the first conference i went to oh my gosh it was in 2014 I walked in there, Bernie and I walked in there, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's all these other people that like are into Bigfoot. I'm like, look at this. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy fun. And that's, that's where I, uh, we ended up sponsoring Tommy and Marone. And uh, I remember Mark Maisel calling and saying, uh, when they were announcing the speakers, he's like, Bob Gimlin's going to be the speaker. And I'm like, who's Bob Gimlin? <laughs> you know? it's like, I'm embarrassed to say that now. You know, I mean, I met right, Bob, right. and Bob was actually on. He was at our house. He even signed a chair, one of our porch chairs. There's a whole bunch of them that Mark DeWorth had brought to our house on their way down to uh, one of the uh, conference. You know, to one of the OBC weekends. That was 16, I think, 2016. So yeah, Bob's great. Um, I mean, I met so many great people. That's. I went from like being feeling like I was totally alone by myself dealing with this to meeting the greatest people in all of the whole Bigfoot community. And I'm just, I'm so thankful and grateful to them for sharing their information and being patient with me too. Um, most especially, um, and they've just turned out to be really, really great friends. Now, are you in the process of helping other new witnesses deal with their own experiences? I did have somebody call me uh, about a month and a half ago and said that they had seen the back 80 and they just wanted to reach out to somebody. They didn't really want to talk to like an 
investigator type person, but they just, you know, kind of wanted to unload um, stuff that was going on at their place, um, which was great. It was, it was, and Bernie and I, you know, ended up meeting him at, you know, someplace for eggs and coffee and, uh, you know, it was, it was great to talk to them and, and you know, because I've been there and I understand it. Um, right, right. And then now in, in Loudonville, now I'm known as the Bigfoot lady. <laughs> kind of funny. So it's like anytime, which is great because I was like, yeah, you know, anybody's got any stories, you know, let me mm-hmm. know. So everybody knows that if, you know, there's anything going on and there are, yeah. there's, you know, some people that have come forward about stuff that was going on with them in 2013 um, that was very interesting. Um, so right. anyway, I've got my nose to the mm-hmm. ground. So. Because the local information to me, I mean, I think it's interesting what's going on in different, you know, parts of the country and whatnot and all the research that goes on. But um, for me, the most important thing is to keep a lid on and know, find out what's going on locally, because that helps me get answers to what it's doing or why. Oh, there we go. Sorry, I had you on mute there for a second. Um, Well, this is uh, exactly what I... Wanted to find out from you, Suzanne, and I'm glad you were able to to go there on some of these things. This was a little bit of a difficult interview to talk you into doing, but um, I hope I didn't put you in a weird position talking about some of this stuff. I mean, obviously, we go much stranger than these experiences, but um, I mean, the fact is that you've seen some unexplained lights and you've had some stuff happen that seemed like uh, gamesmanship or trickery and some acknowledgments with acknowledgments with you as far as maybe listening to you. Um, now, how often do things still happen? It's, it's been a while. Um, it's, uh, well, it seems like I went for 31 months, uh, without hearing a knock. Um, and, uh, from April of 2016 to, uh, the end of November, 2018. And, uh, then one night I heard a knock. It was like, after I was singing a song, like my favorite song from high school or something like, you know, when you sing nobody's around. <laughs> and after it ended, I heard this knock and I'm like, wow, that was a knock. Well, that, that's exciting. But I wasn't sure. And then it was like maybe six months later, I heard another knock. And then I had gone to the Hocking Hills Bigfoot conference and, um, I was so impressed by everybody, you know, keeping good logs and things like that and recording, writing things down. Um, And people had been nagging me to just write things down. And so one night I sat down um, here outside on the porch and at the table and um, just cranked out 13 pages of everything that happened and the timelines and how I felt and how I reacted. That night I heard nine knocks. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, it went from like nothing to nine knocks. It was like 360 degrees around me. And I got six of them recorded. The other three were, you know, fate nothing mm-hmm. didn't really come, but I heard them. And uh, I'm like, wow. I'm like, so now does this mean that they're reacting to what I'm doing? Because I'm putting all this out sincerely and, you know, just writing, writing, writing. And um, so that was kind of strange. Um, but I, something too, there's two other incidences. Um, I don't know how much time you have, but I'll try to make it quick, but that, that happened here that I didn't mention about, uh, there was another light seeing a light thing. And then there was that, uh, and then there was another thing that have, have, um, happened with the chief Wahoo little rally post that we had that kept getting yanked out of our yard and 
that was crazy. But um, the light, the one night, it was um, February of 2015, and it had been so cold for like two weeks, like below zero, and, um, you know, stuck in the house for like, you know, just tired of being in the house and it got up to a balmy 22 degrees I'm like oh wow this feels warm and um I was leaning up against the car in the garage and uh just kind of thinking about things and then all of a sudden I saw this kind of a flash and then into a glow it was on the hill and I'm like that's really weird it was almost like somebody had lit a torch or something like like a Coleman lantern or something and then it was glowing for about 20 seconds and then all of a sudden it shut off and then my phone rang. It was, you know, my sister-in-law calling me back or something. So that was a weird light thing. And then the Chief Wahoo thing that happened, um, Cleveland Indians have the logo that's controversial because it, you know, um, it's a caricature of Native Americans, which, you know, they're phasing it out now. Um, but in 2016, you know, the Indians had gone to the World Series and then, um, you know, somewhere I got this post, this wooden post with the Chief Wahoo, you know, head on it. And I, you know, put it next to the porch and, you know, it was in the ground just as you walked up the stairs, just, you know, you know, Cleveland Indian fans live here kind of thing. And um, it was fell out or something or fell down. So I'm like, okay, so I put it back up and then it was down again. And then I'm like, Bernie, you know, can you do something about this? And so he's like, okay. So he takes the hammer out and he puts it in the ground. And then it got yanked out. I mean, he's like, what is, why, how could this possibly come out of the ground? So he goes to the garage and gets this huge tool of some sort. I don't know, it was a mallet or something. And he pounds the crap out of this thing. And just like nothing is moving this thing. Well, next day it was yanked out of the ground and laid down like flat, not like it had fallen. <laughs> so, I was laughing with Tom Powell about this. He's like, you know why that is, you know? Yeah. And uh, he's like, that's why the Indians have won the World Series since 1948 because <laughs> of that logo. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I put some sort of like little Bigfoot talisman together. It's like, I'm not pulling it out of the ground. I was like, we got to get this thing up. It's good luck for, you know, the team. It's like, it's not good luck. <laughs> So maybe I should take it out before the. <laughs> so anyway, those are the that, that's about the extent of all the weird things here. So yeah, I don't know, and I don't know. I just I'll keep listening. I don't know. Nothing else major weird's happened since then. Yeah, no. I mean, that's pretty incredible. There. I mean, they must have a a sense of humor, or maybe they're sensitive about uh, Native Americans, you know, in general. So. Well, I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, if you, you know, every time we turn over the, you know, ground for the garden, there's a ton of um, arrowheads here. I mean, this is, this was a very highly populated um, Indian area. So, you know, I'm not saying that it's a Bigfoot or whatever, but it, maybe it's an Indian spirit, you know, it's just like, yeah, screw you. <laughs> you know, this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Wow. Okay. So what do you have? You have anything coming up this year? I mean, a lot of the, the conferences have been canceled. Uh, you were you slated to go to any conferences that were canceled like I have been you know well um, OBC was rescheduled to August 15th so um, in Cleveland or Ohio has flattened the curve on the co you know on the virus right. so hopefully it'll be out of here by then um, and then um, there's also a BFO expedition that um, I've been um, helping with running um, advanced trail work 
before the one, you know, but I don't, that's in June. So hopefully that's still going to go. Um, but those are the two things. And then I always go to the um, Hocking Hills Bigfoot Conference too. So I just pretty much stay local. Um, although we'd like to get out. Um, it's on our bucket list to get out to the Pacific Northwest. And um, I'd, uh, I'd love to get down to the PGF site. Um, just got some great maps from the Bluff Creek Project guys. Uh, so that was really cool. I'd like to I'd like to check that out. We'd, but, you know, one day. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully soon. No, I mean, this This would be the perfect time to be out in the woods. Um, you know, so many people are self-quarantined right now. Not that I'm suggesting you break out of quarantine, but I would imagine <laughs> the Redwoods would be pretty spectacular if you could find some uh, decent private property to roam around in Northern California on or something like the PGF site. But uh, it yeah. would be great. We, I, I'm, At least fortunately, I'm, I'm, you know, we're happy here. I mean, you know, I've been, you know, we've been here since, you know, for a month now, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And, um, but I'm not, you know, I could stay at our place the whole time. And we've got, Brian and I have kayaks too. We've got a couple runs that we did reconnaissance on last year um, that um, are totally, there's a great, there's a great run for anybody listening that's in Ohio that wants to go kayaking or canoeing and you have your own, well, you can even do it with some, there's a couple liveries that do it, but it, you start at Greer and then you go down to Brinkhaven and there's nothing between Greer and Brinkhaven except for river and so that I I kind of like want to go squatching on the river and find some little island and stay overnight too we're going to do that <laughs> oh yeah well once you're in there there's no leaving that's for sure you'd be uh captured talent for the Sasquatch come <laughs> three in the morning <laughs> yeah another like little lab rat thing that's, <laughs> that's right thing I felt uh, I felt a lot of times I'd get mad about because I'm just like you know, I felt like they're like, oh, let's see what she's going to do if we do this, you know. And I right. just, I felt like a science experiment, you know. And uh, sometimes I just like, quit it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Suzanne, for uh, talking to me this evening. And uh, I, I imagine you're probably going to stay up uh, late tonight and uh, see what happens. <laughs> of course, the recorder's always going, so. <laughs> Well, yeah. thank you, Tobe. You've been very kind, and you know I know I talk a mile a minute, and I get all excited about this stuff. So no, no, no. Into it, but you're very nice to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And while you're out tonight, keep your eye in the sky. But there's been some really interesting stuff that's happened um, all over the globe. The Pacific Northwest has been hit pretty hard with uh, some UFO stuff, including this. Uh, really? Oh, see, I don't want the UFOs. So I, I really that scares the crap out of me. <laughs> I do not want any UFOs. But I'll look at some other. I mean, the stars are gorgeous tonight. There you go. I mean, Just look at. The we've stars. been cloud covered for quite some time, so I will yeah. keep an eye out there. And if is there any message? Since you seem to be very well connected to all of this um, <laughs> I, I stuff, is know. there a message that you want me to send out there from oh, you? Oh no, no, no. I I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't even pretend to know a message. You know, we so much of this is guesswork, and it should be fun. Uh, sometimes it takes a turn for the really weird and it feels like it's, uh, you know, there's something important happening, but um, I think your attitude about it, I mean, you, you're such a likable, fun, nice person. And I sense that over the phone, I, I wouldn't well, change, I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, I wish more Bigfooters had your sensibility. It would be a lot easier to hang out at conferences if they were, Suzanne's at every booth or Suzanne's at every podium. So 
Um, no, it's just been a delight. And uh, I, you know, maybe we'll find each other in the woods here soon and um, be able to have one of those Michelob Ultras. Oh, that'd be great. And thanks for all the great work that you've been doing. Um, yeah. I really, I just keep it up. I really enjoyed your conference uh, last okay. weekend and uh, I'll be, I'll be following you. Okay, Suzanne, have a good evening. All right, Suzanne Ferencheck, everybody, the back 80, check out her documentary, please. She's up to, uh, she's got stuff cooking, I think, in the, uh, the old Bigfoot pot. So check out her Facebook page, Suzanne Ferencheck. I'm sure she'll friend you if you're the rat kind of people. Um, okay, so what do we have? We have an audiobook that I should be promoting. And so let's do that. If you want to hear the El Moon story front and center, there's a four and a half hour labor of love called the El Moon Lab, a shared paranormal experiment. Sounds that you've never heard before, a story that's never been told before in that detail. And you can find it for three bucks at strangebrowradio.com. There is a link. Go right to the link. It will take you to the PayPal account. And there for three bucks on SoundCloud, you can download the file. And there's a lot more for three bucks that you can get than just the audiobook. So what a bargain. There's quarantine webinars. We're going to be doing strange strolls up there. Uh, those are like Choose Your Own Adventure, YouTube, Siri Channel, deal. Anyway, check it all out. Strangebrowradio.com or you can go to PayPal dot com forward slash strange brow radio and become a paypal member for three bucks six bucks extra content at the six dollar window and uh three bucks you still get a whole lot so check that out strangebrowradio.com has it all and we're keeping that updated also possibly coming up in june the wolf creek inn is opening its doors in southern oregon there could be a state of bigfoot conference I'll be speaking at. I'll tell you more as I learn more. But things are loosening up here in Washington State with quarantine. Masks are being ripped off like burning bras. I don't know what that means, but it's things are coming off, including these dumb masks. They're not dumb. I shouldn't say that. A PSA, please wear your mask. But man, if we can take them off and just be done with this, then I'll be happy. But right now, keep your mask on. Keep your bra on, too. Strange Brow Radio does not encourage you to burn your mask. All right. In the future, we will have uh, more quarantine webinars being led, downloaded to the Patreon page. And next week is uh, my strange stroll to the Hidden Hill Cemetery or the Sorceress Hollow. Hollow, hollow. And so go to YouTube, Strange Brow Radio, and become a subscriber like on our videos and uh, see what's going on with our first strange stroll and yeah should be a good time all right folks be careful out there and of course i will see you in the trees